0: Pray with me. Lord, we are thankful that you are an amazing God and that you love us. God, you are a life changer, that you give us new life. And as we sing these songs, it's real. Uh, what a glorious day it will be when um, we get to be with you. And, and Lord, it's hard saying goodbye to some loved ones who recently um, have passed and now are with you. And we, we celebrate their lives. But you um, but really, I mean, that's what we're, we're hoping for is to live eternally with you. But you give us an opportunity to start that here. And uh, so, God, we come, we worship you, and uh, we seek you in your presence. So we ask that you just pour out your spirit in this room and uh, just working on our hearts and our minds as um, this morning we open your word. And we're just thankful that um, I believe you have just given me words. Uh, Lord, I just pray that they're yours, um, that I speak this morning, that the message is, is um, just from you. And uh, so, Lord, um, just come and speak to our hearts this morning. Some people come with heavy hearts, um, Lord, for a variety of reasons. And Lord, you um, just have a way of taking care of every need in our lives. And so, Lord, uh, Lord, this morning, I just pray specifically for people who need um, just to feel your presence in a powerful way, that you would do that, and God, that the joy that comes from you would just um, overflow on all of our lives today. And I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. So on um, July nineteenth, um, had the opportunity to set out on a on a journey from here with uh, eleven other people. Twelve of us got into the 15-passenger church van. Uh, We had a U-Haul hooked to the back. And we were on our way to Dinuba, California to serve at Gleanings for the Hungry. And um, as we pulled out, 12 of us in a 15-passenger van gives us a little bit of wiggle room. So that was good. Um, I was pretty much set in my captain's chair as I would drive. um, But I had a great co-pilot, Paula Gill, and she was excited. And I just, I loved as we were going down, you know, the Kootenai River, you know, on the highway, we're, we're driving along, and she was just excited to go on this trip, to get out of town, to, you know, just see new places, but to go and serve the Lord. And, and I felt the same way. So, I mean, here we are in the front, and there was a lot of energy in back. I'm not saying all the kids, there are 10 kids, teenagers. Um, that they shared the same excitement, but there was excitement in the van. And so we were off to a good start. We were on our way to our first destination. The first day, we were going to Bend, Oregon. We were going to stay at Real Life um, Church in Bend, and um, it would be day one of three days of traveling. And uh, <clears throat> we made it. Um, oh, I don't know. I think we got to Bonner's before you know, there was a request for a pit stop. Um, so that started right, and and we started to make our way down the road. But um, we we were just having a good day. In fact, we were cruising down I eighty four along the Columbia River when we had to head south on Highway ninety seven, and that that stretch of highway is called the Journey Through Time Scenic Byway. And so we headed south on the Journey Through Time Scenic Byway, and there's a gas station, and we had a quarter tank of gas but behind me I had a a young man who wanted a pit stop, and I thought we can go a little bit further. And having gone this way a couple of times, I thought there's a gas station down the road. We're just going to push it a little bit further before we have to stop again. And um, so we did. And uh, as we cruised down the road uh, with a quarter tank of gas and a 15-passenger van loaded down, um, the gas gauge was getting closer to empty, and the Light came on, and these gas stations that I remember being there were still there, except they didn 't have gas anymore. Um, they no longer sold fuel. yes, you could stop for a pit stop, yes, you could get some snacks, but you weren 't going to get any gas and so there was a little bit of anxiousness inside me as I wondered, do we turn around and go back? Um, do we just keep on pushing forward? or Is there another place that we could go i 'm watching all these vehicles with gas cans with boats, you know campers, machines looking at these old farms that maybe have a gas tank up high that I could just pull in there and see if i get some gas. But as we're going, I'm just praying, God, you're going to take care of us. Well, he did, all right? But it wasn't how I expected. and in, in fact, it wasn't how I, I had hoped it would be. And um, 12 miles short of Madras, Oregon, where our closest gas station would be, we ran out of gas on the side of a hill, and we're steep, and um, all right. I mean, you think that's funny. Everybody jumps out of the van and tries to push it because there's a flat spot, not even you know, to the other side of this room, that if we just got there, it'd be a lot safer, and um, we, we had enough momentum to go another about 10 feet. And oh, I thought we were going to make it. But we stopped and the person behind us quickly pulled over, had a rope, pulled us to a flat spot, and then offered to take me to Madras where I would be able to get some gas. Praise the Lord. But as soon as we were stopped, the kids were like running up the mountain. And I felt a little bit concerned as I left Paula. Not because I didn't think she could handle it, but I was worried about the experience she would have with those kids while I was gone getting gas. And everything worked out, right, Paula? Um, They stayed close to the van, but it was hot. And we're on the side of the road, and we've been traveling all day. And uh, so I rode to town, got a gas can, filled it up. He brought me back, put it in the van, and off we go. Twelve miles, right? Two and a half gallon gas can. Put it in the van. Eight miles. We'd run out of gas. How far did I have to go? Twelve miles. So four miles from Madras, Oregon, and we're out of gas again on the side of the road. So I, I got out. I opened the U-Haul trailer, U-Haul trailer, grabbed the gas can, and thought, all right. Well, someone pulls up, lives in the neighborhood, if you can call it that, said, I've got gas. I'll be right back. Five-gallon five gallon tank. Put it in the van. We make it to Madras, Oregon. We fill up the tank. And we make it to bend. Alright, now, I can't really explain to you why two and a half gallons didn't get us the 12 miles. Something does not add up in my mind. But I know that God has a sense of humor. And, um, and I'm not saying that He made that happen. Um, but uh, it did not make sense that we would run out of gas twice, okay? But we did. And I'm telling you, because if you haven't heard already, I've told a few people, and I know my wife told some people that first Sunday, because I received at least one message telling me to check the gas gauge. Um, And uh, it works. It's just that I did not know I wouldn't have an opportunity to fill up. And uh, I missed the last opportunity, and it put us in a terrible situation. Except that it really wasn't that bad. Right? We survived. We made it to Bend, Oregon, where we were staying the night. And um, it, it wasn't that big of a deal, except there was one other thing. The brakes were starting to grind a little bit as we drove. And uh, I got to thinking, well, these brakes were taken care of not that long ago. There's no reason for them to be bad. Maybe there's a rock in there. So I'm thinking, is that really the brakes going? No, it couldn't be. And so I trusted the Lord and the brakes, and we made it, but I was a little bit concerned. Um, we did make it, in fact, all the way to Gleanings, to Dinuba, California, without you know losing brakes. Um, but in the back of my mind, as we traveled down the road, I thought, man, is this really a good idea? But we had a full schedule, right? We had three days to get there. We had a place that we needed to be. Where do you stop and have your brakes checked when you're in an unknown place? And we're stopping when I hit the brakes. It just makes a little noise. So it's going to be okay. Did I tell you that we ran out of gas twice? <laughs> so that night before dinner, I asked Philip Schnaufenberg to pray for our meal. And um, he did. And while he was praying, he thanked the Lord that we ran out of gas Twice because God took care of us both times and he showed himself to us um in such a way that you know when we plan a trip and we take care of everything and we get where we need to go and there's no problems that's good right um and and maybe God's watching over us you know because a lot of times we pray for traveling mercies that we'd have safety and and all of this and a lot of times we don't see you know there are things going on but um Boy, driving down California, they can drive motorcycles between the lanes, between the traffic, and out of nowhere, there's a zoom, and, it's, where do the, and you don't know when you're traveling out of town until it happens that um, things are just different, right? And difference not bad, but difference sometimes can really throw us, uh, just like that highway is different because it doesn't have a gas station. So if you ever travel that way, no. There's a gas station when you leave the interstate. Then there isn't another one for It's at least 60, 70 miles to Madras, Oregon. Put a little mental note if you're going that way. And um, don't let that happen to you. But God was with us. Philip Schnakenberg recognized that. And as he prayed for our meal, he thanked the Lord for allowing us to go through that. and And it began to <laughs> lighten my mood a little bit. Um, as I was a little bit anxious as leader of the trip um, and uh, kind of beating myself up a little bit. Um, Obviously, I moved past that because I'm telling all of you, and uh, I don't care. Um, (laughs) But there's a reason why I tell you. Last week, Phil was preaching, and um, as he was, he was talking about God is in the process. And as he was talking about that, God just said, you need to share this story and, um, and share the story of what we experienced at Gleanings for the Hungry. So, um, this morning I'd like to do that. I'd like to tell you a little bit more about our time down there. Uh, it's an amazing experience going to Gleanings and serving with them. The, the ministry is awesome, and it's always different. And one of the things that makes it different is the themes. Um, that we go through, but we'll get to that in a moment. In a moment, first I want to look at Proverbs chapter sixteen, verse nine, with you, because as we make decision as, decisions and as we plan for things, a lot of times, you know, God can bless either way we go, but then there's a lot of times where God has a right answer and a wrong answer, and He can guide us away from those wrong answers if we listen. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And knowing that the Lord establishes our steps, we would do well to pay attention, right, to what the Lord is doing in our lives, to, you know, in the, li- in the lives of people around us. We need to recognize that God, He really is interested in our decisions, in the details of our lives. And so as we pay attention to that, Our hearts are the same as the Lord's heart, so He doesn't have to maybe move us so much because the path that we're on is in line with God's plan. Proverbs 14, if you want to look at that. Chapter 14, verse 26. It says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. Then if you flip over to... Proverbs 19, verse 23 says, "...the fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm." The fear of the Lord. Both of these verses promise what comes from the fear of the Lord. What reward really will come from that. In fact, it's a great reward if you think about it. Did you catch that? The fear of the Lord leads to life. Provide strong confidence. Rest. We need rest, right? A refuge for our children. As a father, I want them to be taken care of. And there's a lot of things I can do, but there's a lot of things I can't do. And I've learned this over and over as my kids have been growing. I've got little control over them, right? And, and, and the world around them, so I have to fear and trust the Lord for protection from harm, not only for them, but for my family and, and friends. And, and the list goes on because there's a lot of people I care about. And so the fear of the Lord kind of puts us on that right path and it protects us. It gives us life. It gives us rest when we need it. Right? Um, let me jump back into our time in Dinuba, California. And uh, every, every year, they have summer staff that come in for up to 12 weeks and there's full-time staff that are there year-round um, or there maybe part of the year. And then the volunteers that come for the 12 weeks. So we were there one week serving. And um, they dry fruit, peaches mainly, um, during that 12-week time. And uh, we come and we volunteer. We actually pay to work, right? Um, work in the hot sun and, um, and, and work hard. Um, and, it, and it's amazing because it's not just that. Um, what they do is is they, they've, they've got um, just a fantastic ministry. And the people that are there serving, they, they come up with a theme for each season. And this year's theme was instead. Hashtag instead. And, and that theme comes from Isaiah chapter 61. So we're going to look at that this morning because I want you to understand um, as they plan their day, Um, As they plan their summer, as they work um, together as a team, um, and then work with us as volunteers, it's all about doing God's work. And and that theme just brings us closer together, but it really permeates everything that happens. And then it really um, has a way of, of blessing us as volunteers as we see what God is doing and we're brought into this. Proverbs, or Proverbs, sorry, Isaiah chapter 61 follow along. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and bind dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations. And in the glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy." For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring offspring the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation." He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels for as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations." Maybe you caught it in there, but there were a number of insteads that we focused on um, that first day as they introduced this theme that they had at Gleanings for the summer, for the summer staff, and um, they challenged everyone who came to look at their own lives and, and look at the process that they were going through and understanding what that instead was that God was trying to do in their lives. So there was a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Oil of gladness instead of mourning. Garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Double portion instead of shame. Joy in their inheritance instead of disgrace. So as they they offered this challenge to look uh, at our own lives and and to really uh, try and understand what God was doing, I, I kept thinking of things that Really, God had already done. Like you know, God continues to work through situations and, and draw us closer. But it just felt like there were things that God had already done in my life that um, were solid, if you will. But then there was something going on that I was I wasn't seeing, right? And so I just I thought I got to keep listening. And so the beauty of it is, every day we start with breakfast at seven a.m. and then at eight we come together for a time of worship. And we just sing together. And then someone shares their testimony. And so these testimonies were geared uh, along the lines of the theme instead. And so people shared how God did something in their lives. And and they're amazing stories, right? Um, People's testimonies are are powerful. And and some touch you just more than others. And um, so, I mean, as I was going through this week and I was just trying to listen... Um, In my own personal devotion time, but then in this time of worship and sharing, um, I really felt the Lord speaking. Um, But I'm a little stubborn at times, and uh, I was still kind of holding on to control over some things and and beating myself up a little bit. But um, every day, you know, we get up and and we're going to, you know, take the day, right? Um, Well, down there when it's 105 degrees and you're like standing all day long and working and and your body starts getting really sore, at least that's how I felt. And um, and, and it's hard to stay hydrated. You know, you're doing all that you can. You're trying to get the rest that you need, but the beds that you sleep in aren't always that comfortable. If you haven't been on a mission trip, um, it's not like staying at a resort, okay? Um, Sometimes it could be. I don't know that I've been on that trip. But um, anyhow, the heat, the work, um, just the schedule, it it wore me down. And I didn't know how I was going to make it through a day, to be honest with you. I didn't know if I was going to have enough energy and strength. But I feel pretty strong. Like I feel pretty energetic and I feel pretty confident about my own um, ability to get a job done. But I was feeling like, God, you're going to have to help me get through today. Just like I thought I was going to have enough gas to get to the next gas station. Um, I felt like I had enough gas to get through each day, but then I realized, God, you're going to have to help me. And I knew at the end of the day, He did. I mean, I, I knew that He is what sustained me and gave me what I needed. So God was like working through even running out of gas twice. Um, and then throughout the course of the, the week. But also, then He's showing me some things that were going on you know, even before I left. And uh, things that maybe were coming up. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong. With this trip, I prayed about it for months and, you know, planned and, and, like, did everything that I felt like I needed to do in preparation. But some things, you know, sometimes things just don't happen the way you plan. Um, Sometimes things, and I know you're thinking, well, you shouldn't have run out of gas. Okay? I, I get that. Okay? But remember the second time? I should have made it 12 miles with two and a half gallons of gas. But God was just really showing me, you're not in control all the time. And, like, even though we know God's in control, like, we still have a lot of things we can control. So, okay, God, you're in control, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, and, and I don't know if I'm the only one guilty of that, but, like, we give it to God, but then we do it anyway. Um, and so, do we really trust God? And so, God was just showing me that um, He could be working through these things that I was trying to do on my own. You know, as a. As a the leader of this trip, I had responsibilities. And so, you know, as I stand here before you and tell you about this, I am not saying that, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal because, I mean, quite honestly, it was, it was a huge deal. And outwardly, I was saying, don't worry, you know. And inwardly, I said, I'm worried, <laughs> right? And you probably have all done that. Where you, oh, I got this. It's under control. But, you know, you're thinking, I don't know how. Please, Lord, help me. And sometimes it's not how we plan it's not how we we see it right but i believe you know it's a privilege to serve the lord and it's even a greater privilege when we see god working through the things that are going on in our life Uh, and sometimes that's painful but right i mean what we see god doing it's not something that we would necessarily ask for that we would want um, in our lives or in the lives of others but god is working and when we see that what a privilege it is and and what a joy it should bring um, one of the cool things at the end of the week at Gleanings, the Saturday before we do our last work, um, they invite everyone to share. They they open up the mic for anyone uh, and and say share about what the Lord has been doing, how the Lord has spoke to you, and they and they give a little bit of parameters as far as keep it short, which is good, um, and really talk about what God is doing, right? and And it's always just cool, especially because a lot of the young people here you've got young people um, who have been impacted by this in amazing ways, but parents that are there, you know different youth leaders, um, just everyone gets up and just shares a little bit and when when we hear about the things that are going on in other people's lives and how God is working through situations it, it's powerful it's powerful, but it's really it's about what God's doing, isn't it? You know, and sometimes we struggle with, you know, it's what I'm doing. It's what I want to do. Well, we're not alone. The disciples had the same problem. Go ahead and and open up to Luke. And I'll show you. Luke chapter 10. Jesus sends out the 72. And he sends them out and gives them power. But then they come back. And when they come back, they start telling Jesus about all these cool things that they got to do, right? Because Jesus gave them power to do these things. But it says in verse 19 Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So what are we supposed to rejoice over? What are we supposed to be talking about? What are we supposed to be celebrating in? I mean, first and foremost our life, right? Our place is centered in Jesus. And then everything else is a bonus. So the disciples they're excited to share about, you know, what they were able to do because Jesus gave them the power and Jesus says, "No. You have life. Eternal life. And that's what you need to share, right? When we know that that's the most important thing, then that's what we share. But a lot of times we share other things that we get more excited about. So I have to ask you, are we more excited about who we are or whose we are? Because as Christians, we are children of God. And we have something that people who don't know Jesus, they need. And we should want them to have that. Are we more excited about where we are Or where we are going. Because, you know, that's where I was. I was stuck with kind of where I was and I wasn't really looking where I was going. And I'm thankful that the Lord is patient. And um, after kind of blocking out the noise of life and listening to the Lord, and I might have been a little bit stubborn, um, you know, where I was going, I could see that. And I could trust God with that are we more excited about what we have done or what Christ has done for us? And and it's a battle. It is for me, and I would imagine that you too battle with these questions, you know, is it who you are or whose you are? Is it where you are or where you're going? Is it what you've done or is it what Christ has done for you? So I know that God was using these circumstances to talk to me. And I know that's why, you know, I needed to share this story um, because sometimes we just needed to be reminded of God's great love for us. And sometimes we need to hear it in different ways. Sometimes we need to experience it in different ways where uh, maybe we get run down. We just really need to, to know that we are loved. The song, Good, Good Father, I mean, it's just, you know, um, when I just worship with that, it's hard not to just melt in that knowing that we are loved. God's in control. Even though we try and control things, God is in control and and He wants to show us that. But He offered us salvation and we can rest in that. And we can live in that. And then from salvation, this process of sanctification where God is continuing to work in us and through us and, and the process of that is unique for us. And so is this idea of um, instead. So for me, I needed peace instead of uncertainty. Because as I was driving down the highway and felt like I messed up and we're going to run out of gas and I don't know what's going to happen. And I could say, don't worry about it. I was worried about it. And as I went through days where I was tired, And I didn't know how I was going to be able to work the line all day long. And uh, I've got to set the pace and be an example for the others on the team. You know, it's not like, you know, I can just take a break because I'm tired, right? And God just, through all of that, continued to stay in control because He was. But then I saw that and realized, okay, and that peace instead of uncertainty was just in my life. And then I started thinking about other things that might have been going on at home, um, at work, just in life, um, family, friends, and it just is like, yes, I need that peace instead of uncertainty because there are things that I can't control. And even though I want to and I want to make sure that everything's going to be okay, um, it's not all up to me. And most of the time it isn't up to me. And I can work, 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 but it's God who's in control and He's working. And I've got to trust that the work that He's doing is the work that needs to be done. And so that confidence came, right? That peace turned into confidence. And so I've got not only peace instead of uncertainty, but now I have confidence instead of uncertainty. And so that peace and that confidence is what I needed. But I've got to ask you what do you need? What is the instead work that's going on in your life? And it was fun because on the trip, we shared, we, we took turns doing devotions and. We shared at the end like what our insteads were, but that's not my place to tell you what someone else's was. Um, you know, you could talk to the team members if you have a chance. Um, but you know, God's working on us individually, and, and as we have that story to share, God can open things up to other people. And so that's why I felt like this morning, you know, and, and so here are some things that maybe um, maybe and this might take time, but maybe right now you know what it is: faith instead of doubt. Trust instead of fear. Freedom instead of shame. Peace instead of worry or anxiety. Hope instead of despair. Forgiveness instead of bitterness. Love instead of anger. Contentment instead of restlessness. Understanding. Instead of confusion. Strength. Instead of weakness. Clarity. Instead of confusion. Grace. Instead of judgment. See, we all stand judged. I mean, we all do. But grace covers that, right? We all need to start with that grace instead of judgment. Jesus did the work. We have to accept it. It's not what we do. It's what was already done. You know, and outwardly, I trusted God to work through these things, but inwardly, I struggled with uncertainty of how. You know, and what what is my responsibility? And so, this experience, even though um, a lot of times my idea is different than God's idea, this experience helped me to be content with God's plan. Even though it doesn't line up with my plan all the time, and um, you know, there's a lot of things in life that we don't know and that we're uncertain about, and it could be real easy to just get stuck there. Just like there's a lot of things to be afraid of, there's there's a lot of things to be confused about. But God is doing something different, and I don't know what it is for you, but I hope that you're listening, and and that you would be willing to spend some time seeking. What the Lord is doing in your heart to show you He has something better. Instead of where you're at, He has something better. He has a place to take you. And so this morning as we wrap up, I want you to be thinking about that. But as you leave here, I don't want you to forget about that. We're gonna close with a song and we're gonna have an opportunity. Um, if you maybe, maybe you don't you haven't experienced that grace um, and, and you're stuck. Instead, you know, instead you're in judgment. Well, uh, we need to have the grace instead of judgment or grace instead of judgment. But there's there's a lot of us that we let bitterness just take root and we need to forgive. Might even be forgiving yourself, but maybe there's someone else in your life that you need let God do the work. And I'm not saying we don't have a responsibility because we do. Um, so, as I share this morning, you know, and even going back to the story of running out of gas twice it 's just funny to me um, and and just how God would work through that, and i 'm okay with that, um, but I mean, you could be standing there and saying it 's all your fault, and i 'm okay with that too, because I know better and and i 'll take responsibility for what i 've done and didn 't do. Um, because of grace. And I hope that you can experience that same thing. And and maybe it's way beyond that for you. There's something totally different. I don't know what it is. But ask the Lord to show you what it is. He'll do it. It might take a little while because you might be stubborn like me. And you might be clouded by the world's noise, life's busyness, and it takes a little while for God to get to your heart and speak to your mind. But be patient and let Him do that. Trust Him. He'll take care of you. I'd like you to stand the closing prayer. God, we are so privileged to be here together because you're with us, Lord. And and Lord, uh, we're <laughs> we don't even we don't even know how much you love us, right? You love us, and uh, sometimes we get a little glimpse. We realize when we open up to just how dirty we are and how messed up we are. But you love us, and God, you've taken care of us, and and You're just wanting to draw us closer to You. And so, Lord, I thank You because I've experienced just new things all the time. And God, help us just to continue to seek You and Your ways that we would trust You and know that You're in control. Lord, to give up uh, the control we think we have to allow You to do what You need to do. This morning, Lord, um, speak to our hearts to show us what that work is You're doing, Lord, that we would understand uh, how we could be better, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen.